Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and we are here in the Heartbeat Studio with Betty McDowell, Vice President of Ministry Services at Heartbeat International, and Ellen Fell, our International Program Specialist. We're so happy to have Ellen with us because she recently came back from a trip to Ukraine, um, which she has a lot of stories that she would like to share with us today. So before we get started, our sponsor for this episode is Pregnancy Help News. Check out PregnancyHelpNews.com. You can subscribe to get updates to your inbox weekly. So Betty, why don't you get us started? Thanks, Christine. Um, really just kind of a candid conversation that I get to have with Ellen Fell. And really, it is my joy because not only are we colleagues, but we're friends. We have known each other a Too many years. long time. <laughs> A long time. <laughs> Just even even funny story because we met at someone else's wedding like uh, a long, long time ago because we both had mutual friends. And many years later, we ended up bumping into each other again. And I remembered immediately that I met you at a wedding reception 20-some? It was 40 years 40 ago. 40 years ago. 40 years ago. So that tells you what kind of impact... Uh, Ellen has had on my life. She didn't remember me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I doubt she remembered me, but I remembered her. Um, and so we have had the privilege over the years. In fact, I will take the credit for luring you to Heartbeat International. That's fair. Um, you have served in a couple of different um, roles around here. We trade hats a lot and move them around. So you served in capacity as our legal advisor at one point. And then went off to publish a book, great book. Maybe you can put that in the show notes because that, that would be wonderful as well. And then we brought you back as our international specialist. Uh, Ellen and I have ha traveled together, which is always fun to travel with Ellen and other folks from Heartbeat International. We, we do have fun on our adventures. And this particular adventure... There are times when we have invitations and we just send people off. Yes, you are going to Barbados or Puerto Rico or Italy um, we or someplace in Eastern Europe because we've done that a couple of times together. Um, we go and we do those things. But recently you had an invitation to go to Ukraine. And uh, me being the protective uh, supervisor was very anxious about, um, should you go? Should you not go? Will people think we're crazy, crazy sending you into a country um, at war? Uh, but you, Ellen, felt a call. And so I want you to talk a little bit uh, with us today about what possessed you <laughs> to go to the Ukraine. You're not the only person to ask me that. Uh, my family members asked me. Um, I, I have to be honest, I never asked it myself. Mm. It just never occurred to me. Um, and I don't know whether that's just uh, pure idiocy <laughs> or not, or ignorance is bliss. But actually, um, I was in a discussion with uh, Nadia Gordinsky, from Save a Life International, headquartered in Philadelphia, with several centers across the Ukraine. And uh, she said to me, um, oh, we're, we're going to um, the Ukraine in uh, August. You should come. And I said, well, let me ask <laughs> my boss and my husband <laughs> as well. But inside, I, for me, 
I would have been very disappointed if the answer had been no, mm-hmm. because I really felt like there are some opportunities that come up and you can't say no. Mm. And for me, this was one of them for a, a few reasons. One was the opportunity to go into a country that is, yes, at war, but um, is also uh, a nation that's got pregnancy help work uh, mm-hmm. thriving in it and um, felt a little bit of that Macedonian call, you know, come over and help us. And uh, she, uh, she, she made my work very easy. She said, we just need you to come and encourage us. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I can do that. And so uh, when the answer was yes uh, from you and from uh, my, my husband, and uh, I thought, well, then why not? So it really was not a hard answer to give. Um, and at the same time, I have to say that uh, the whole time that I was going and preparing to go, it was, what do you have for me here, Lord? What, what, what am I doing here? So that's what possessed me. Well, Ellen, you have the gift of encouragement. I've been a recipient of it myself, and so have many others. And so it doesn't surprise me that God would have you go to Ukraine and bring that gift with you. Uh, I know that a lot of people think, oh, gosh, you know, when you travel, how glamorous. <laughs> how, how, I know people think that. Um, we, we recently had an encounter together uh, traveling in Eastern Europe. Um, not glamorous. Uh, the, the people, warm and friendly, our accommodations were fine yes. in that. So I don't mean no slight to that. It's the actual travel. So I think it would be good if you just gave us just a couple minutes on that uh, preparation, because like, what do you bring? Some people think when we have people come to conference, they bring like trunks. They're here for like three Mm -hmm. days and they bring trunks of clothes. And um, so tell me a little bit about that packing experience. And then how smooth was your travel to Ukraine? Uh, Smooth and travel to Ukraine would not be two phrases I would (laughs) juxtapose in the same (laughs) sentence. Um, I have learned to pack lightly, mm-hmm. and so I uh, went with a carry-on and a uh, small backpack for 11 days. Um, you learn to wash things out in the sink <laughs> wherever you go and just hope it's not too damp in the climate that it dries. Um, I... Uh, I'm very careful to have pictures taken of me overseas on days that I'm wearing different outfits so it doesn't look like I'm wearing <laughs> the same thing every day. Um, a lot of it for me was just uh, you know, preparing, honestly, mm. mentally yeah. more than it was the packing. And uh, especially having just come back from our other trip to Bosnia. and um, But it was uh, trying to get things uh, not just packed physically that was fairly easy you know um but then also just kind of wrapping my head around what i was what i was going into uh nadia was was very gracious and said oh don't worry about anything it's very casual and so that was good i didn't bring my formal wear um and then the other thing you got to always think about is uh you're walking a lot so better bring some really comfortable and stylish shoes and so, and I know it was an adventure getting there with delays and, and other it challenges. Was. It was. Running across the airport and trying to make a flight that not possible to was make. not possible to make. 
uh, had an overnight unexpectedly, um, but fortunately, I speak just enough German to get through. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a shame that I missed that flight because the the uh, team coming from the United States, Nadia's team. Uh, was actually, we were all going to meet in Vienna and then fly to Yash, uh, Romania together and then drive together into Chernivtsi. But uh, that did not happen as, uh, as it was. I ended up meeting one other person on the team that decided at the last minute to go. I met her in Vienna and we uh, flew to Yash. And then from Yash, there was a five-hour drive to the border and then we got dropped off uh, a little bit from the the actual checkpoint, and we walked across mm-hmm. into Ukraine. That was only slightly unnerving, but a little bit unnerving. Not the normal uh, normal fare when you're traveling overseas, but it was also really uh, the 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 reality of what was going on or what is going on in Ukraine really hit me because as you're heading into Ukraine from Romania, there's 30 to 40 miles of semi-trucks waiting to cross the border. Um, they, they can't process more than six to 10 a day. Uh, there are a lot of uh, camp, uh, not camps, tents from uh, places like the UNHCR the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, because there are a lot of refugees coming into Romania. There are uh, tents from um, different humanitarian aid organizations, the Red Cross, um, to help people who are coming out of Ukraine into Romania. And when you see that, and you're headed in into Ukraine, mm-hmm. it really strikes you that this is a difficult and very terrible situation that uh, Ukraine is in. So I know um, the day that you went in was the day that there were all the notices <laughs> coming through saying, if you're an American, get out of Ukraine now. Please do not stay. And yeah. uh, you certainly had a team here really praying for you. It's not a trip that we were very public about in advance. Uh, just because of, just for security reasons, we thought, let's let's just keep it low. And frankly, we didn't know, like, w- would you even be able to get across the border in uh, to Ukraine. And then, of course, we were praying, can she get out of Ukraine? (laughs) So that was the other piece of it. So let's talk a little bit because um, your role as the international specialist working with pregnancy help around the world, what would you say, what did you find? Like, what's the state of pregnancy help in Ukraine in the midst of war? Um, Amazing would be the first word that comes to mind, but that would be an understatement. Mm. Um, Honestly, in so many ways, uh, the centers in and, and, and our affiliates in the Ukraine, all of them, are doing the same thing that the affiliates in any country are doing. Uh, they're providing diapers and formula and... Um, the, the food packages, um, counseling, providing alternatives to abortion, reaching out to women and, and just loving on them. And so in so many ways, it looks the same as everything that's happening here, but it's kind of on steroids. Mm. And particularly at the beginning of the war and particularly in the East, it was doing all that from the context of 
centers and buildings being bombed, delivering not just food packages, but delivering babies in bomb shelters. Um, it's ministering and reaching out to people whose lives are not just uh, being uprooted, but everything they know is being taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of culture as language, food, traditions, dress, uh, um, all of those things, they, they are literally being blown up. And yet, in the midst of this, you know, hope rises uh, from uh, this very courageous group of people in the Ukraine. Um, and, and I mean that uh, not just regarding this um, group of centers, this network of centers that was hosting the conference, uh, Save a Life International, but our other affiliates in um, the Ukraine, there's a, a helpline there that's uh, overseen by Vasil, our brother Vasil. Um, he's also in the West. And then in Kharkiv, we have um, uh, the center founded, I'm pretty sure, by Lena Bettina, um, the pregnancy help assistance. Um, so all of these affiliates are, are doing the same thing and yet not the same thing. They have to do it under very different conditions. Now, having said that, I think it, it was very clear to me um, during the pandemic and, and now after, hopefully after the pandemic, there was the whole discussion about what's an essential service. And if ever I saw what essential was That's for good. life yeah. and for health and for compassion, I saw it there. I saw that in the Ukraine. I, yes, I saw it during the pandemic in, in other countries as well, just, and, and in our own country, I saw that, but the whole definition of essential kind of changes when there are bombs going off around you, when your house has been destroyed or the center or your volunteers and your team members can't get to a center because the cars have been destroyed or there's no gas. So, um, I, I was honestly, I, I can't describe it other than I was so proud to be a little part of the mm-hmm. pregnancy help movement. Um, I just, just enormously proud to, to be part of it and to, to be part of this this conference as well so and to bring my little widow's mite offering (laughs) you know i i think about uh you talk about that pandemic like we have been in awe particularly in the united states where we're seeing that resilience and you know new ways to to serve women uh new as darrell would say new pathways Mm -hmm. and people um there there are things in in play here and we were in awe of seeing how people made such adjustments in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I kind of made note of that really struck me when you talked about your time in Ukraine was that it, it's not just that resilience and uh, shifting, but how many centers have been opened since the war started? I think that that was kind of what struck me. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, there are two things of note. Um, one is that the center in Lviv uh, opened in May. I think it was May 5th. And since May 5th, they have, uh, I think, seen 63 clients and um, had six babies born. <laughs> Which is, this is, Lviv is kind of in the, let's say, the northwest of the country. It's, it's probably accurate to say. Which yes. has become a a hub, really, for refugees. It's become a hub for refugees. There are about 200,000 refugees mm -hmm. in Lviv. And, um, you know, uh, people who are in missions, um, movements, I'll often say that um, wars are, are God's way of, of bringing people and moving people into different places so that they can hear the gospel. I will say that right now any Ukrainian pastor you talk to, even though they have seen people from their own churches either, you know, emigrate or they're displaced, they are seeing their churches packed. Mm. The, the churches are just packed. And the pregnancy help centers are packed as well because these are the places people can go uh, for encouragement, they can go for food, they can go for their resources, they can go for their, yes, even their earn to learn programs are still going on. So that's pretty remarkable. That is just remarkable because the population is, it's not just that people are being displaced, it's that the people who are being displaced are women mm -hmm. and their children because the men are serving in the war. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there are a lot of women out there, pregnant women that just need a place to be. And that's what they're finding in these centers. Um, I'm thinking of some of the pictures that you've been passing. So so Ellen was assigned to check in at least twice a day. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> she did. And some days even more than that, which was such a joy because we were able to share um, some of your experiences. We didn't want to share all of them because we didn't want to take away from your, your stories. Uh, but I will say... Uh, that the Ukrainian people seem extraordinarily beautiful. Yep. And I was um, impressed with uh, really the youth that I saw in terms of the leadership of the pregnancy centers. So that those are some things that struck yeah. me. But you said something in one of our conversations when, when you came back about God using uh, pregnancy help and that it, it's like an answer of sorts. I don't know if you can, if you remember some of our conversation about the power of pregnancy help and pregnancy resource centers really are the answer in, in our world. And I, I wondered if you remembered some of that conversation um, because you said it more eloquently than I could ever repeat it. Well, I, I will say I wish you had the tape on <laughs> when I said something eloquent, but I'll Which try. Is often. Yeah. It's often. I think that one of the things that I've, been seeing more and more is the um, the role of pregnancy help centers in the transformation of culture mm -hmm. and the transformation of nations. I'll give you a, a, a little snippet and then talk more at the 30,000 foot level. For instance, in Lviv, uh, the mayor and his wife are very pro-life and they, they love life. And in demonstration of that, for instance, the uh, Pregnancy Help Center there in Lviv uh, opened in May. Uh, the building was um, 
they they are there rent free at the invitation of mm. the mayor. So that's pretty amazing. But then the other thing is that the mayor just saw the need in Lviv for how do we help two hundred thousand displaced people. Mm-hmm. And so he found land in Lviv, apparently, and they opened three or two, two or three. They're not pregnancy help centers the way, you know, we, we think of them here. They're essentially homes for uh, displaced pregnant women and their children. Mm-hmm. And these buildings literally have gone up in a matter of weeks. Each one, I think... Uh, can house like a hundred something uh, women and their children. Again, this is only for women and their children. But these places are beautiful. But to your question, they were funded by the municipality. And what went through my head when I saw them, these places, was this is what happens when the righteous rule. Mm. This is what happens when the righteous rule. The compassion, the grace, the mercy of God flows through those who rule when they are righteous, when they are seeking God. So moving out from that one picture to the 30,000-foot level, I honestly believe and am becoming more and more convinced of it day by day that The work of pregnancy help centers is essential because they are in the most visible and tangible way demonstrating and sharing the message of life and the giver of life. Mm. I don't know of another organization other than the church which speaks so boldly, so genuinely, And so self-sacrificially, the message of life and the gift of life than the message of the Pregnancy Help Center. So I really see the work of Pregnancy Help Centers as really critical to the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, in Ukraine as it is in heaven, in Barbados, in South Africa, you name the country. Mm -hmm. Including the United States. Including the United States. Yeah. And I want to throw out there as well, you know, the the U.S. centers have been very generous yes. uh, in their giving to uh, the Ukraine, uh, as have been the MPV, Movimento per la Vita, there's... Uh, the, from Italy and Hungary and the Romanian centers that have welcomed um, a lot of these refugees. They're, one of the messages that I was not tasked with giving, but which I did give, was, you know, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And we cannot, if we were the eye and, and we saw what was happening in the rest of the body, mm-hmm. And we chose to close our eyes to what we saw. We would not be acting like the body. We suffer together. There is no us and them in the church. It must be we together. And so it was such a a privilege for me to be there and to feel part of the being the 
us mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Ukraine, and and I know that so many of the attendees uh, at the the conference, you know, commented on how grateful they were to know that um, not only that the U.S. was supporting them, <laughs> the country militarily, but also to know that there was a body here in America, other countries praying for them, standing with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, uh, that's what possessed me, to go back to your original question, yeah. how could you pass that up? <laughs> yeah, that's, that was, again, well said. I know that there are times when people will say, well, gosh, with technology, you can just talk to people, you know, over the internet, you can do mm-hmm. uh, Zoom, you can do virtual conferences, and we we applaud those things, we mm-hmm. love those things. But uh, I know from my own experience and from the things that you've shared, being there in person, there's just nothing that takes the place of of that relationship of really being able to be with somebody and to break bread with them or to yeah. eat borscht with them or to whatever, <laughs> whatever Stuffed it is. cabbage. There you go. Um, there's a, that fellowship. And as you talked about that, it's a fellowship in suffering as well. So... I have to say, before I turn this over to you, Christine, you know, thank you so much for sharing with us, Ellen. And it just makes me so grateful for all of the people who have said yes Mm -hmm. to God, yes to Heartbeat, to either be really deep into pregnancy help and whether that's uh, a director or a nurse or a volunteer in a center, those who donate to the work that we do. Um, it's, it's like, I'm so thankful for the team at Heartbeat. And I'm really thankful that you said yes to God to come to Heartbeat. Yes to me when I twist your, I didn't really twist her arm. No. Um, you had me in a shoulder lock, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later when HR hears this. Um, but yes to going to Eastern Europe and to, uh, stepping in and being with the people. It, it's. It means so much, and I think that you represent, uh, you represented Heartbeat well, you Thank represented you. the pregnancy help community well. So on behalf of all of us, um, thank you. And with that, I'll, I'll just turn it back over to Christine. But before you do, <laughs> let me just say this. It, is, it was totally my honor, really, to, to go. I, I appreciate having been asked by... Um, Save a Life International and Nadia and her team to accompany them. Um, I'm also extremely grateful that you gave me your yes and that Jarrell <laughs> gave me his yes and the, that my husband as well. Yes, the reluctant yes, um, but yes. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I am more convinced than ever of the significance, as I said, of mm. what the pregnancy help movement does to transform literally the world. So who wouldn't say yes to that? (laughs) Amen. All right, Christine, all yours. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, So again, if you're looking for more information on the work of Heartbeat International and the Pregnancy Help Movement worldwide, um, and also we are running a feedback survey that we would love to hear from our listeners. Um, Just your thoughts on episodes. If this is your first episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast, then welcome, and we want to hear from you as well. Or if you've been a longtime listener, we'd just love to hear some of your favorite episodes, your thoughts, your suggestions. Um, We are also giving away a a small prize. So there's an APRN t-shirt 
and a Tumblr available to somebody who submits the feedback. So check out the link below in the show notes, um, as well as uh, information on Ellen's book. And uh, with that, thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.